and good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard, and I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. Looks like we've got a dial tone there. <laughs> But uh, maybe not. It looks like uh, we got all that worked out. Uh, but look, I'm so glad that you've uh, chose this hour to spend uh, you know, with me getting caught up on all things Catholic uh, here in the South and Central Texas listening area. A big thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls and Fredericksburg and Kerrville and Uvalde and right here in good old San Antonio. Um, again, I do want to thank you for, for spending this time uh, with us. So on this program, uh, I try to bring you, uh, you know, various and informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on uh, in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today I'll be speaking with two guests. Uh, my first guest will be Dr. Joe Poyman, Executive Director at Texas Alliance for Life. Uh, he'll be on to talk to us about the recent Supreme Court uh, decision, which overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. Um, you know, And that just took place back on Friday. Uh, and later in the program, we're going to have Father Jorge Campos. Uh, he He's pastor at St. Peter, Prince of the Apostles Catholic Church. He's at, um, you know, pastor at Our Lady of Grace and uh, pastor at Our Lady of Sorrows Catholic Churches here in San Antonio. Uh, he'll be on to discuss uh, the importance of a Catholic education. Uh, so, Again, with two guests, you know, this is going to be a lightning quick hour. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, we give both gentlemen, you know, time to, to, to get their message out there for, for everybody tuning in. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and start the program the way we should do all things. And that's in prayer. Uh, so, and in this prayer, you know, please ask that the Lord would, uh, reveal his will for you. And pray for that grace to accomplish, uh, you know, his will with loving obedience. So please, wherever you are, you know, join me in this prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, and your blessing on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. St. Cyril of Alexandria, pray for us. St. Joseph, head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Our Lady of Perpetual Help, Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, before we get, uh, you know, the conversation going with Dr. Joe here, I want to be able to, uh, you know, bring up a couple things that took place over the weekend. A big thank you I want to give to Father Praveen Lacassetti, uh, administrator at St. Mary in Stockdale and St. Anne in Kosciuszko for allowing me and my wife to come out there to, to do pulpit announcements and again, just raise awareness of this wonderful Catholic radio apostolate that we have in the Guadalupe radio network. I also want to bring attention to um, you know the Little Flower Basilica. Uh, so Little Flower Basilica, 
You know, here in San Antonio, uh, their next Basilica Heritage Tour uh, is going to take place on July 9th. All tours are from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. You can learn so much about the history of the Little Flower Basilica and the lives of some of the Discalced Carmelite Saints uh, as depicted through the, you know, stained glass collection at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Little Flower. Uh, also with the, you know, uh, the Basilica, you can participate in the novena to Our Lady of Mount Carmel, uh, which will begin Thursday, July 7th, and we'll be going through Friday, July 15th. Uh, that's going to be part of, uh, you know, the daily 12 p.m. masses. So join the Novena Prayers and Masses to Our Lady of Mount Carmel leading up to the Solemn Mass for her feast day, July 16th. Uh, the prayers will be said daily after masses at 12 p.m. Uh, I also want to bring up uh, Pilgrim Center of Hope, um, their Catholic Women's Conference taking place July 29th uh, through July 30th. Registration is still available. Different discounts are available right now. Also, if you visit uh, their website, pilgrimcenterofhope.com, um, you can find additional information regarding those discounts, those group discounts, those vocation discounts um, You know, on their Facebook page. Uh, we also want to mention, of course, Axe Missions is celebrating 35 years of Axe Retreats. Uh, you can purchase your individual ticket for as little I saw on their website for like 25 bucks. Uh, so again, don't miss out on what will be an awesome party. Uh, you can also reserve uh, and sponsor a table. Just go to uh, you know axemissions.org for that. Um, and uh, this is, you know, this announcement here, uh, you know, uh, this this priest, uh, you know, Father Krekor Chahinyan, uh, what a beautiful priest he is. My wife and I have uh, gotten to visit with him on a you know a few occasions. We we have uh, mutual friends. I want to you know wish him, and I want you to offer a prayer for him today as he celebrates his twenty fourth anniversary of his priestly ordination. Um, you know, Father Krikor, you will certainly be in our prayers today as well. Uh, and a big uh, you know a big happy birthday to one of my axe brothers. Uh, you know, brother uh, Bill Cancel. Uh, he's a parishioner there at Saint Matthew. Uh, you know, Catholic Church. Uh, so again, a lot going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio. Uh, and, you know, without further ado, I'd like to bring on uh, Dr. Joe Poyman. Dr. Joe Poyman, are you there, sir? Yes, I am, Sean. Oh, man, you know what? It's such a pleasure to, to have you on. And as I discussed with you last week, you know, I couldn't think of a better way to get this program started than to, you know, to really have you on to discuss for us and discuss with us, you know, the significance of what transpired on Friday. And for our listeners who are tuning in, and I'm, I don't know, you, you got to be on, you, know, you probably live under a rock if you don't know what transpired, but, you know, could you tell everybody, you know, exactly what happened on Friday? Sean, uh, we are absolutely ecstatic because after 50 years of hoping and praying and praying and praying and praying, the Supreme Court has finally overturned the terrible Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision, making it now available for states like Texas to, for the first time in 50 years, protect unborn babies and their mothers from the tragedy of abortion. That just came down Friday at about 9.15 a.m. Isn't that just yeah, absolutely brutal, amazing? Right? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, you know, when I, when I got, you know, when I saw, actually, I didn't see it. Uh, you know, Mario, um, you know, had told us about it. I was like, wow, that was super early in the day. I thought, of course, it would have kind of got drug out. But um, I was so ecstatic. All of us here at the Guadalupe Radio uh, Network were so ecstatic. Um, you know, I want to ask you a couple questions first, right? Obviously, this is a big deal. Like you said, for almost 50 years now, um, you know, 
women have had, you know, this this so-called, you know, uh, you know, right uh, to abortion, uh, which in fact, um, you know, as the you know the Supreme Court ruled uh, rightly so uh, on Friday, that no, there's not a constitutional right for that. Uh, so the issue gets back, uh, you know, goes back to the states. Um, there's a lot of detractors, a lot of uh, you know information out there that can be. Uh, misconstrued, so to speak. Uh, so what exactly, you know, in, in the states having this, you know, control, what does that do? Does that completely ban it, you know, from all women? Or could you explain that to our listeners for us, Joe? Oh, good question, Sean. First of all, the Supreme Court doesn't say whether abortion is banned or not. Right. It merely says that it's, it's up to the states to ban it or, if, or not ban it if they wish. Some states are, are allowing abortion, Sean, up to the moment of conception. New York, California, uh, some other states. In Texas, we are one of about uh, 12 states who have passed laws that are going to affect when the Supreme Court ruled. Ours is called the Human Life Protection Act. The legislature passed that law last year in preparation for this, and it was signed into law by pro-life governor Greg Abbott, and it will completely protect unborn babies from the tragedy of abortion all the way up at the moment of conception, when those babies come into being, when we all came into being. So abortion is banned. At the same time, so that that's huge, that law will go into effect in a matter of weeks mm-hmm. in Texas. Um, it is criminal for a doctor to perform it, it's in, and that could be 20 to 99 years in prison time, mandatory loss of his license, medical license, and a, and a $100,000 fine brought by the Attorney General of Texas. So it's pretty stiff penalties. Um, and the goal is that the, it's a deterrent. That no doctor will do abortions. Um, women cannot be prosecuted for participating in abortion. So the, it's not about the women, it's about the doctors. Right. And things like miscarriage, um, ectopic pregnancy, those are not considered abortion in this law. So no woman is going to get prosecuted or investigated or anything like that if she has a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy. Those are some myths that are going around. But this is a joyous day. This is the first Monday in the history of our country since Roe vs. Wade has been overturned. And it is such a joy talking to you about this, Sean. Amen. <laughs> you know, and I'm so glad you hit on those points because those are some of the questions that I wanted to ask because, you know, as you're going, as you're reading, you know, some of the, the media out there, as you're going through social feeds and whatnot, I mean, it's just a travesty to think that, uh, you know, everyone who is against life, right, who is against the, you know, against life, I mean, they're just spewing all sorts of, uh, you know, you know, information out there that's just not correct and that's why uh, i am so glad that to have you on uh, i also want to talk about you know some of the things uh that are available for women so now that we've gotten to a point um in, in our nation's history where states can have this decision uh you know to you know to and it's based on really what the voters of the states, you know, want, right? And Texas exactly. obviously has been, you know, a, a pro-life state for, for such a long time. We've been blessed to have such a, you know, pro-life, um, you know, people appointed to, you know, uh, in, in government and, of course, in in um, these special organizations like your, your own organization. But, you know, I want to ask you, what are some of those resources available that the, you know, that is, you know, that's available to women in these um, crisis pregnancies, unplanned pregnancies, and again, uh, where people, you know, where women may feel that, you know, abortion, you know, 
is something to consider because that's the thing. We want to change hearts. We want to change minds. We want, I mean, although this, you know, the, this event, uh, as great as it is, has happened, but it's still legal in other states, right? And that's the part that we want to continue to work on now. So what programs are available for women? Well, right here in Texas, um, uh, we have vast resources for women with unplanned pregnancies. Uh, at the same time the legislature passed and Governor Abbott signed the Human Life Protection Act into law. That's the law we were just talking about. They also appropriated $100 million wow. for a highly successful program called the Alternatives to Abortion Program. That's a program that will help a woman with an unplanned pregnancy help her carry her unborn baby to term, help her give birth to the baby, keep the baby or place the baby for adoption if they wish. Services continue for three years after the birth wow. of the child. What are those services? Well, sometimes it's very simple stuff like maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers. Sometimes it is life skills, how to balance checkbooks, how to get a job, how to keep a job. Uh, sometimes it is very serious matters like how to f- get free from substance abuse or spousal abuse or sex trafficking. Yeah. So there are some 200 sites around the state of Texas, including San Antonio, that are getting these funds, and there are another 150 similar organizations that are totally privately funded. These are pregnancy centers, maternity homes, adoption agencies, and they serve, uh, the state-funded program will serve 150,000 women every year. And, Sean, I'm so proud of Texas because that compares so well to the last year that Texas had, you know, totally unrestricted abortions um, before viability, and, and that was uh, a 55,000 abortions that year. So Texas is well, they've been prepared for this for a long time. They've had, our leaders have had a lot of foresight, and of course the pro-life movement, including our organizations, the Texas Catholic Conference of Bishops have been preparing for this moment, and I must say the bishops have been fantastic and helping these laws get passed, helping get that funding secured, helping provide those services to women with unplanned pregnancies. So Texas is well-prepared and has vast resources for women with unplanned pregnancies. Amen. You know, I want to ask you now, because it's, you know, it seems like just not that long ago, and I guess it really wasn't, you know, we, we had you on the program back in January leading up to the to the march, the the right to yes. life march, at the Air. Texas Rally for Life. Yes, I, yes that was a great show. And, and <laughs> talked about you know how beautiful it would be you know uh, you know for for this very thing to to take place right now. Uh, could you tell us more now about so what is you know what's the goal in in the mission moving forward now that you know Roe vs Wade has been struck down? Um, you know, obviously there's still a lot of work that remains. Uh, can you tell our listeners, uh, you know, about the work uh, that is still ongoing uh, there for uh, Texas Alliance for Life? Yes, uh, there is a lot of work to do for and, and we were hoping and kind of predicting, praying that the Supreme Court would rule as they have. Now we're here. This law will go into effect, uh, fully into effect, uh, in, a, in a matter of weeks. The uh, court released its opinion on Friday. In a matter of weeks, they will release the final judgment, and that is like the final word on the issue. At 30 days after that judgment, the, thir- um, the Human Life Protection Act, that's called the trigger ban, it's mm-hmm. triggered, goes into effect, that, that's when it goes into effect. So that will be mid or late August that that law will go into effect. 
in the meantime here, interestingly, Sean, a lot of people don't aren't aware of this, but our laws that were on the books before Roe versus Wade came down and prevented their enforcement, mm-hmm. uh, they they're still on the books. So we think that today in the state of Texas, abortion is illegal because of those pre-Roe laws are now in effect. Wow. And and I've been talking to some of the leaders, pro-life leaders in San Antonio, for example, uh, the abortion facilities. Yeah, the Alamo abortion facility, the Planned Parenthood, the massive abortion uh, facility is closed. They're not doing abortions. Yeah. And we think that is the case all over the state. Now, how do we hold these gains? Sean, we have to educate people that right. the unborn child's a baby, that abortion hurts women and, and does not help women. Right. We have to educate people about the alternatives. We have to be prepared for legal attacks. And um, those attacks will probably come. Our laws are going to be attacked in the courts. They're hoping they can find liberal judges that that will strike them down. We also have to continue to expand these alternatives to abortion and just educate women that they even exist. Everybody knows abortion's been available, but how many people know that there are pregnancy centers, maternity homes, adoption agencies right in our communities? And a lot of women who are vulnerable to abortion don't even know they exist. Right. You know, I and I think, I think uh, in in you in speaking to you and and making women aware. I mean, you know, for so long we talk about you know the the choice, right? You know, you got those on the on on the other side of of this debate. You know, talk about you know the the right to choice. Well, like you said, many times than not, the only choice that is even offered to these ladies is the choice of abortion. And, you know, uh, I love how, you know, we're really highlighting, uh, you know, some of these, you know, uh, organizations, some of the, you know, some of the programs uh, and such. And again, uh, what's the website, you know, that, that, you know, people can visit to learn more about, you know, Texas Alliance for Life? Because I know there's a ton of information available to, you know, on your, on your uh, webpage. What, what, yes, where's that? TexasAllianceForLife.org. Texas Alliance for Life, it's a great place. We also have a great presence on Facebook and, and Twitter. Let me say one more thing, if Please. I can, Sean. Um, we have to encourage men yeah. who get women pregnant to yeah. be involved. And uh, they they have to take their their responsibility as men and help their unborn child and help their their spouse or their their uh, girlfriend. And let me say this: if a if a pregnant woman with an unplanned pregnancy, if that man is involved, she has a ninety percent chance of giving birth to the child and not having an abortion. If he's not involved, it's only a forty percent chance of giving birth to the baby, sixty mm-hmm. percent chance of abortion. Men. We need to be involved. We need to be supportive. We have to take responsibility and, um, and be fathers. And that is a huge part of the pro-life movement. So that's, that's a big part of the long-term, long-term picture here as well. Golly, you know, it's, I just never thought that, uh, you know, the Monday morning, you know, following this, you know, I'd, I'd be able to really talk to you about, you know, the significance of this. I mean, like you said, you know, I was, I was born post-Rome. But you got to think with everyone who was born post Roe, really, I mean, it, it was, you know, whether or not, you know, your your mom or your parents or so, you know, really were about, you know, life or, you know, they wanted to choose life. I mean, to think that, you know, if we were born post Roe, that it really was just it, it could have been a choice, you know, either way. I mean, granted. And, you know, thank God that, you know, a, a lot of us are, are around. But there's over 62 million babies that didn't get that chance. Right. 
and 60 yeah. million lives uh, that just uh, are not here uh, because of the choice that was made, you know, back then. But you know, with the great work that uh, you know you continue to do, uh, I'm so grateful, uh, you know, for for you uh, and for the work that that you've done. Uh, and you better believe uh, we will continue to to, to support and pray uh, for your mission. Uh, and before uh, you know, we you know before the music uh, cuts us off uh, again. Uh, what are you know maybe some of the um, you know that website again, Joe? That we can uh, you know go to. Oh, we'd love to give get, get in touch with people. That's Texas Alliance for Life. All spelled out, one word, TexasAllianceForLife.org. Amen. Well, Joe, God bless you, and thanks for the great work that you're doing uh, to help save babies, okay? Thank you, Sean. All right, God bless you. All right, folks, we'll be right back after this quick break. Do you hear the call to raise our boys in virtue so they can stand tall and lead our next generation of the church? Is praying the rosary with your son and 40 other men and boys to cap off a day of cooking meals over an open flame while growing in spiritual, patriotic, and masculine skills pique your interest? Let me introduce you to the Troops of St. George, a father's, sons, priests, and deacons fraternal apostolate true to the Catholic faith. Check us out at troopsofstgeorge.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Have you or someone you know suffered a miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss? God's Comfort and Loss Miscarriage Ministry provides comfort to grieving parents. The ministry sends care packages to mothers and fathers, provides spiritual support and caring conversation, offers referrals for individual and group therapy, and shares resources for other practical needs. Reach out to us by visiting our website, godscomfort.org, where you can find links to our email address and Facebook page. And welcome back, folks. This is In His Vineyard. I'm your host, Sean Rice. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, if you were tuning in, we just got done wrapping up a, a wonderful and quick uh, conversation with uh, Dr. Joe Poyman, uh, director at Texas Alliance for Life. Um, and man, what what great work they are doing. Uh, there's also, you know, there, there's other, there's so many um, you know, you know, so many 
entities out there, so many organizations out there uh, that are on the front line of, of this, uh, you know, of this issue, of the life issue. Uh, San Antonio Coalition for Life uh, is one of them. They were highlighted uh, on one of the local uh, news programs. Miss Kathy Nix uh, and her team out there doing wonderful and great work outside, uh, you know, praying on the sidewalk, counsel, you know, doing sidewalk counseling for, for women uh, who really, you know, probably never even thought that were there were alternatives. So, uh, you know, really grateful for uh, all the people uh, on this life issue. Uh, going to join me uh, right now uh, is Father Jorge Campos. We're going to be discussing with Father Jorge, uh, you know, the, the importance of uh, Catholic <coughs> education. Uh, he's also going to talk to us about his own, um, you know, br- upbringing uh, uh, within uh, the, you know, a, a Catholic education. So, Father, are you there? Yes. John, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear, Father. What a you know, great pleasure it is uh, to have you join us today. Uh, I want to first start, uh, Father, if you don't mind. Um, can you tell us, you know, what, you know, why is Catholic education, you know, why has it been important for you? Maybe walk us through, you know, what it was like going, growing up, uh, going to Catholic school, what, you know, the importance of that Catholic education that your parents instilled in you. Can we maybe start there, Father? Hi, sure. Well, thanks, first of all, for having me on your show, Sean, and uh, greetings to all, all your listeners. It's been a, it's been a great week, right, for, 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 for our faith, but to celebrate life, you know, with, uh, with uh, this, this win for the pro-life movement, in which, which we celebrated, right, for um, um, the day, no less, of the most sacred heart of Jesus. So, Amen. So... Yeah, so I was born and raised Catholic, right? Cradle Catholic, they call us. And I've never had really the, the opportunity to reflect on Catholic education per se because I've, it's, it's been my, it's been the air I breathe since I was a kid, right? Born in a Catholic family, went to Catholic elementary school, middle school, high school as well. <clears throat> and I didn't start reflecting actively on, on the idea of Catholic education till uh, a few months ago, when uh, when uh, we, we we were starting a, a little social media campaign for our school at St. Peter's, mm-hmm. and I was sharing this idea with with uh, with a friend of mine who also went to went to Catholic education, and with all the ideologies going around, right in middle school and high school, and all these ideas that uh, that our our kids are pretty much exposed to at a very young age, and even technology and social media. He was, he was wrestling with the idea of whether Catholic education was something he wanted for his kid or, or he wanted to have them more, more involved in the world, more in dialogue with the world. So he said, um, he told me, you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to send my kids to public education, K through 8, and then, then when those ideologies start trickling in, uh, in high school, I'll send them to uh, private Catholic education. And I never gave it much thought. And a few days after that, it still kept nagging at me. No, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. And I called him back. And I told him, hey, you know, I think you have it the other way around. Well, what do you mean? So hear me out, I tell him. I don't remember one religion class I took in elementary school or even middle school. <laughs> do you? No, no, he says, not one. I can remember a few I took in high school, right? Because the, the topics were pretty hot. You know, they were, they were more relevant. But elementary school, not so much. But I will tell you this. I got a sense of, of the transcendent in those early years. What do you mean by the transcendent? Well, that there's something greater than my little life. There's something greater than my ego and my wants and my desires. 
And you can call it morality, you can call it justice, you can call it God. There's something greater that we serve. You can call it truth, you can call it love. And that kind of builds up a confidence in living life. To know that your life is good and that you were loved into existence is priceless. Mm -hmm. But you're not subject to the whims of the changing world and the tides of the times, but you're grounded in something solid as a God who loves you. So I told him, I think you should do it the other way around. If you're going to invest in Catholic education, do it in elementary school, going all the way to middle school. And then in high school, let the kids, you know, go out into the world with their values firmly secured. Mm. So I think, uh, that, I think, Sean, that's something that Catholic education has given me. It's, it's priceless. It's, it's powerful. And I see this even in my, my classmates who some of them probably may not even practice the faith anymore, but they have a sense of reverence for the transcendent. Sure. for morality, for justice. And, and I was telling them, uh, did you know, you know that seven out of the nine Supreme Court justices, seven out of nine, not all Catholics, of course, but seven out of nine went through Catholic education. And they served that sense of transcendent justice and truth, right? And uh, I, I've seen it throughout my life. That's just a little reflection I've been doing uh, yeah. regarding Catholic education and St. Peter's School. Uh, and also what's motivated my vocation to, to become a priest and serve, uh, serve the Lord and the Church. Amen. You know, let me ask you, Father, uh, you know, real quick. You talk about, you know, the, you know, the, the setting that foundation. I love how you talk about, uh, yes, if you're going to send the kids to, to Catholic school, I mean, it probably would behoove you to, to do it at an earlier age, right? Where, where that yeah. foundation is, is, is developing, uh, even, even more so. Uh, now as the, you know, as parents, you know, parents obviously have the foremost, uh, you know, the, the foremost uh, responsibility of, of bringing up, uh, their, their kids in, uh, within the faith. Um, how can, how does, you know, a Catholic education, uh, help supplement that? I mean, what can, what can people expect out of a Catholic, uh, you know, uh, institution, uh, you know, as far as, you know, the faith is concerned? Sure. So the way I see it is Catholic education is, is a partnership. Mm -hmm. It's a relation of partnership between the parents who have the, the, the highest responsibility to educate these souls entrusted to their care. And, uh, and the larger community, a Catholic school. So, yes, it, it, it is an investment, an investment for, for their kids, or even a gift to your grandkids to, to grow up in that environment. And most of it, I, and, and I get it, so some parents are concerned about, you know, the, the academics or extracurricular activities, and Catholic schools, at least St. Peter's definitely provides that, right? right. Uh, you know, scoring double digits higher on PSAT scores than, than public schools, and even in our case, in St. Peter's, even above average than the schools in the archdiocese. Um, but it, it has to be seen as a relationship of partnership above all. Yeah. If, it's, if, if a parent sees it more as an outsource, as a contractor here, kind of a, for my kid, I will, I will give my kid to you seven, eight hours a day. You, you instruct him in the, way, in the ways of life. It, it really kind of doesn't work. There, the child needs to find echo of his education, her education in family life. Amen. Right? There needs to be, there needs to be a, a synchrony of, of, of value systems between the school and the family life. So that's, that's, of course, not to say that Catholic education is only for Catholic Catholic parents or Catholic children. We have in our school many kids who aren't Catholic, but they agree with Catholic values and systems. So, 
I would say first and foremost, it is a partnership between the institution, the Catholic school, and the values of the family. Amen. Um, you know, also uh, along those lines, the, the balance, like you said, or that partnership, I, I love how you, you, you talk about it being a partnership, and that's exactly what, what it should be, um, you know, especially when it comes to matters of, of, of the faith, right? It, that what they're learning at school has to be, like you said, you use the word echoing. Um, I would use the word even, um, even more so. It's a, it's a reinforcement um, you know, at the home or in the home as to what they're learning, uh, you know, they're, um, you know, in the classroom. I mean, would you agree, Father? I, I totally would agree, of course. It needs to be one, one with the other. If, if it's only one, if, if, uh, if it's only a school trying to instill uh, the sense of the transcendent, a moral life, a well-lived life, and the child is not seeing that actualized in the family, then it, it ends up being a, a fairy tale. Right. Something nice that that you can uh, that you can conceive in your mind, but certainly not relevant enough for you to practice in your life. So the family is, of course, uh, is of course key. That's why I call it a, a partnership more than uh, more than just an outsourced contractor mm-hmm. to to form your kids. You know, uh, here in the you know here in the Archdiocese of San Antonio, uh, I. I, I couldn't tell you know how many you know schools there are, but uh, in its um, in, in its you know entirety, you know Catholic education, Catholic schools have been around in the archdiocese. I think since like you know uh, you know since the eight, you know the the mid to late eighteen hundreds. I, I want to say okay. Um, now of course uh, in. And that's just here in in the Archdiocese of San Antonio. But uh, you know, I I saw a video that you had uh, you know put out there uh, talking about you know the the history, the rich history of of, of Catholic schools. Can you kind of you know share with our listeners uh, you know that history um, that the Universal Church in its entirety uh, you know has has established as as a model for the educational sure. systems? Yeah, could you share that with us? Sure, I, I'd love to, Sean. One of one of the things that I uh, discovered when studying history of the church is how invested the church has been not only in in science but also in arts and education right and it all stems from this this sense of marvel of looking at nature of looking at things of looking how things work and wanting to know more about our creator and so from the middle ages the church promoted and practically invented the university system as a way to know the truth not just scientific truth empirical truth but the greater truth you know it was that deeper sense of philosophy of looking at the world with wonder and seeing how good and beautiful it is and wanting to learn more and so yeah you look at the founder of of modern day genetics modern day genetics right an augustinian monk you look at the promoter of the big bang theory a catholic priest you look at pretty much the the developer of the of the scientific method roger bacon a franciscan monk so the church has always been fascinated and invested in, in knowledge. And like I said, not just scientific, empirical knowledge, but the bigger picture, the purpose of life, the purpose of existence, a moral life, a well-lived life, happiness. And so even from the foundation of our country, um, the, the efforts of evangelization have always been to, to show this broader view of education. And it's not just educating in a technique, teaching kids how to code, and how to work their derivatives, right? It's about learning the greater picture, learning the greater picture of, of your existence in life, right? So, so, and like I said, we, we instill that, we learn that at a very young age. We might not be able to understand what we learned or how we learned it, 
but we get a sense of it at, at a very young age. So, so the church, from, from its efforts in evangelizing the Americas, has always been promoting uh, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, uh, orphanages, right? All, everything that's in contact with, uh, with children or vulnerable adults, right? Hospitals as well. But pretty much bringing down that message not only to a theoretical level, but a, but a practical level. So, yes, yes, and, and it's fascinating to see how much the church has developed the arts, music, and aside from the educational system, from, from universities all the way down to uh, orphanages, or what now is considered the, the elementary system in our country. You know, let me, um, let me ask you something, Father, and this is just a thought that kind of uh, you know, came to, to my mind here. Um, you know, there's... You have those who are for a a Catholic education. You have others that maybe are for a public, uh, you know, education. Uh, just as someone who you know, I mean, you minister to all. You know, as pastor <coughs> at sure, sure. parishes, you minister to to all, um, you know, all uh, you know types of uh, family settings and such. Um, do you, by chance, you know, um, can you explain what the benefits of a Catholic education over the other? Not, not, not that we're bashing the public school education system. I mean, there's plenty to talk about there, uh, but not in that sort of way. But what are those benefits specifically to a Catholic education? Uh, would would you be inclined to talk about? Sure. So, I think Catholic education. Well, let me start with public education. Sure. Public education focuses uh, so much on the pragmatic, the concrete things, right? Like they said, uh, learning to code, uh, robotics, and we have those courses too, robotics and golfing, and we have those as elective. But they focus so much on what is to be productive, right? A productive member of society. And that serves the economy, it serves our happiness index, right? It serves... It serves just to have a sustainable job and, and, and supply for our families. But it, it's, it, it can be lacking in, in, in the why we do things, right? In the, sense of, in the sense of the wonder of why we live, why we do what we do. So even the word schola, right, from where we derive the word school, school in, in German, mm-hmm. that word originally means leisure. Leisure. So, so think of think of education, at least in this sense, as the seventh day of creation. When you lean back, when God leans back and contemplates His work, and He sees that it is good, right? We can stay on the six days and work and work and work and work, but if you don't have that seventh day to contemplate why you work, yeah. what you work for, who you work for, then you kind of end up trapped in, in this rat race. Yeah. By pursuing the next job, the next gig, the next pay raise, and you end up missing out on 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 those fundamental philosophical questions of why we live. So I think Catholic education provides that, right? It's a sense of wonder, a sense of of of, of a bigger picture, right? Yeah. We can call it, like I said, morality, values. We can call it love, but it's it's it satisfies the whole human person, yeah. right? It doesn't educate. The, the mind to to instruct it to do very concrete things. It also forms the heart. It also forms the spirit. Right? It forms the whole human person. And that, I think, is the greatest power of, of Catholic education. It forms the entirety of the human person, not just the mind or the attitudes, the aptitudes of developing certain talents and traits. 
It also forms it to thirst for transcendent eternal values and, and to serve something greater, right? Wow. You know, uh, that is awesome. When you talk about it in those terms, Father, uh, I, I think... Uh, I wish, I really do wish that I had the opportunity, um, you know, for, for that Catholic education. Uh, I turned out okay. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I, I think I turned out okay. I, I'm sure you did, so no. <laughs> but I, I do think I, I probably, you know, I, I, I would have, obviously there's, I think it, it's, it would be a huge benefit, you know, having gone to a, uh, a Catholic school. I think uh, the, the part that you talk about um, in it is, the, the the contemplating you know that the why we, we do things you know not just so much uh, as you were talking about you know regarding public education where uh, this is what you know we're, we're striving for this to do this to do that right but the Catholic educational system I believe uh, is better grounded in te- you know taking um, you know taking that education deeper you, you know uh, and taking it beyond just the surface uh, as you were mentioning uh, the the why uh, folks if you're just tuning in uh, this is in his vineyard i'm Sean your host for the program every monday at noon uh, joined right now uh, with father Jorge Campos he's pastor at St Peter Prince of the Apostles Our Lady of Grace and Our Lady of Sorrows Catholic Churches i did get those correct is that right father i didn't miss it that's right that's right Sean <laughs> i hope we don't I, I hope we don't keep adding more to that list huh? <laughs> i was going to say I wanted to make sure I didn't miss any of her or anything like that. Uh, but again, we're having this wonderful conversation uh, regarding, you know, Catholic education. Uh, now, Father, I know on top of uh, being pastor uh, there at, you know, St. Peter, Prince of the Apostles, uh, you're also, you know, you oversee. Is that the best way to put it? You know, the, the Catholic school there? How, how does that work, Father? That's right. So I'm, I'm pastor not only of, of the, the parish community, St. Peter, Prince of the Apostles Church, but also of the school, right? And uh, I, I oversee and, and I'm very involved with the school as well. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a blessing because I also have the university, our, uh, oh. Trinity University, and, and I'm part of, uh, I have a responsibility there working with, uh, with the college students, university students. And it's, it's fascinating to see how, you know, how, how these kids continue, well, I call them kids, right? Just <laughs> right. <laughs> out of affection, but how, how they bring those values into the world, right? And negotiate their values with their peers and surroundings. So, so it's a powerful thing to see, uh, very humbling as well to, to see how, how these values interact with the world. But yes, I'm, I'm part of the school. I'm part of the, part of the church community as well. You know, uh, let me ask you also, Father, um, when for, for someone, you know, and I'm just going to ask this, you know, for, for myself, because I didn't grow up, uh, you know, going to, to, to Catholic school, um, how much part uh, of the daily, you know, the daily school life, uh, you know, is, is like mass, is the sacraments or, or <clears throat> confessionary or, you know, things like that, you know, how, how big a, a part of the day is that? Right, so it's 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 an important part. We have chapel every day, right? We have mass every week, um, but Catholic education, I think, is not just about adding other courses. Sure. Like I said, it's not it's not that we have a religion class or a religion teacher, and that makes it Catholic education. I see. Try to see Catholic education as the whole focus, the whole approach to education, the whole approach to forming a person. And so our teachers take a Catholic approach in teaching, a Catholic approach in dialoguing with our students, 
and helping them sort through their problems, resolve their conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole it's a, it's a whole methodology, a whole approach, more than just a, another course that, that they have to memorize and assimilate. Now I'm going to put the pause right there. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to be joined again with Father Jorge Campos uh, to continue this discussion on Catholic education. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. From the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. The Archdiocese of San Antonio is seeking additional funding to provide facility safety and security measures and to ensure three years of tuition assistance and counseling services for Uvalde families who are in need of both immediate care and a commitment for long-term support. To help provide financial assistance to these efforts, visit givecentral.org forward slash Sacred Heart Uvalde or text the word Uvalde to 210-750-6712. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, You are free in our time to say that God does not exist. You are free to say that He exists and is evil. You are free to say that He would like to exist if He could. You may talk of God as a metaphor or a mystification. You may water Him down with gallons of long words or boil Him to rags of metaphysics. And it is not merely that nobody punishes, but nobody protests. But if you speak of God as a fact, as a thing like a tiger, as a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will stop you somehow if it can. We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It is now thought irreverent to be a believer. Want more than a minute? Visit our website. Chesterton.org. And welcome back, folks. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean Rice, your host for the program every Monday at noon, right here on your local GRN um, you know, station. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, uh, Fredericksburg, Uvalde, Kerrville, and right here in good old San Antonio. Uh, if you've been uh, listening uh, in this past hour, I've been joined with Father Jorge Campos, pastor at um, Our Lady of Grace, Our Lady of Sorrows, and St. Peter, Prince of the Apostle Catholic Church churches right here uh, in, in San Antonio. And Father, uh, again, thank you so much for, for joining us uh, today and uh, really, you know, shedding some light on this uh, important subject uh, of Catholic education with so much going on right now uh, in, in our nation, uh, you know, regarding education, regarding some of the um, real I mean, for lack of a better word, you know, some of the trash that's being pushed onto our kids uh, in the public education system, um, you know, I guess why, uh, you know, if I'm a parent out there, 
right? And and again, I've got the summer to, to think about this, right? And maybe I don't have the whole summer, but, you know, uh, there are a lot of folks out there right now, you know, considering, uh, you know, signing their children up and registering their children for, uh, you know, Catholic uh, school. Um, what are some of those, uh, you know, reasons or some of those answers as to their question of why? Why and, um, you know, why should I do this and put my child into the care of, you know, the Catholic education school system? Yeah, so... I had um, I was a, a school a school mom last uh, last week. She was interested in Catholic education, uh-huh. and um, we were talking right. And she she's really interested in sending her kids to St. Peter's. And I asked her, "Well, what's 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 motivating you to put your kids into Catholic education?" Right. You know, knowing that she she has two two full time jobs actually, and and three to four kids. She told me, "Father." My parents worked hard to put me through Catholic education, and I didn't value it till I got to Incarnate Word High School and graduated then. I saw that it was the best gift that my parents could give me, and that's the best gift I want to give my kids as well. Right? I've been through some very dark times in my life, she says, but my faith in God is, has sustained me. Mm-hmm. It, it sustained me. I think, Sean, that if, if we learn to relate to life as something good, and like I said, that we were loved into existence, then there's, there's, there's this, this resilience that the child develops of learning to get back up. That Yes, you will encounter crosses. Yeah. You may even encounter death, right? Mm-hmm. But life is good, and you have a being that is invested in you and wanting for you to grow yourself and, and accomplish great things for his greater glory. Amen. Right, I think that's a resilience that no no positive statements or or self help books can give you. Right? right, we don't we don't naively look into a mirror and and tell ourselves that everything's going to be all right because sometimes it may not be. Right, but to know that God loves us and that He will give us the strength, the wisdom to overcome anything through His grace is something powerful. So I, I learned a lot from what what this this uh, this lady shared with me because. My parents also worked hard to put me through through Catholic education right. in, in Mexico and in California, and I think also that that's, that that was the greatest gift that I received from them. You know, let me ask you, um, you know, specifically regarding St. Peter, uh, you know, Prince uh, Catholic School. Okay, uh, so right now you're you're open for registration. Is is that right? We are. We are. We're open for registration, and I want to invite. All families, all all school parents that are considering a Catholic school, um, private education, or homeschool parents who are considering maybe exploring the possibility of a Catholic education to to please reach out, reach out. We we're very excited to 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 give you a tour, Becky Becky Pavelic. She's great. Our school registrar. Uh, she's she's listening to us now. She's very good at being in touch with uh, with parents, guiding them across the school. Uh, we have intimate classroom settings in one of the safest neighborhoods in San Antonio. Yeah, right close to downtown, we have after school care available. And I want to invite you all to 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 please reach out. Like I said, either as a school parent, as an investment for your child, or as a gift to your grandkids to 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 give them this gift of Catholic education. To please uh, reach out to the school. And I can give the, the phone yeah, number if you want. If we have two one zero eight two four three one seven one, or you can look us up also on our Facebook page, 
at St. Peter Catholic School, and we'll respond to your questions there. Amen. Um, and also, um, what I, I will do, uh, we are trying, we are streaming this on, uh, you know, Facebook as, as, you know, also. So if, you know, anyone tuning in right now, if you'd like more information uh, on, you know, St. Peter Prince Catholic School, uh, you can reach uh, me here at the office. Uh, you know, my number here is 210-885-2509. I will uh, be glad to either, you know, get you that information from Father uh, if you didn't hear it uh, just now, or you can go to the in his vineyard um you know podcast uh, and listen to it again uh but i would i would love the opportunity to, to to share that information with you uh again um you know one more time father that phone number and the website yes the website is stpeterprince.org phone number 210-820-3171 and if i could sean yeah. i'd like to put a plug in a very quick plug in for an event we're organizing with our fellow Knights of Columbus of our community. Our, our Knights of Columbus are so active at St. Peter Prince that they're, they're an amazing group of men. Uh, if you're interested in, in some brotherhood, connecting with someone, contact them. And they're putting together a little, uh, uh, a little uh, there's this comedian, Jennifer, Jennifer Fulweiler, and she has a beautiful conversion story from atheism, well-educated, very intellectual uh, conversion story, but also very sincere, beautiful, honest conversion story. She has a podcast, and she's on a national comedy tour. She has one of the top programs on the Catholic station on, on Sirius Radio, and she's going to be visiting us right at the University of the Incarnate Word Sky Room. This is October 28th at 7 p.m. So it's it's a fun fun time to get together with uh, with your date, with spouses, yeah. friends, and just enjoy a good uh, Catholic entertainment comedy yeah. event and for the whole whole family. So if, if y'all are interested, please contact us on our Facebook page or Marcos Bayona also on our Facebook page. Amen. That's you know, again October twenty eighth at seven p.m. You got All it. proceeds will go to support the school. Yes, sir. And in fact, uh, of course, uh, I will, you know, as, as we get closer to the dates, uh, you know, stay tuned in uh, for that because uh, we will be promoting, uh, you know, that stuff also. You know, Father, uh, I want to ask you just uh, lastly, uh, before I ask for, you know, for, for your blessing, uh, for some of the parents out there who are concerned about the cost of a Catholic education, um, you know, how, how, you know, what programs uh, might there be to, you know, to, you know, to address the affordability of, of Catholic school for, for the kids? Sure. Good. Good question, Sean. Uh, well, as our school, we have uh, we have several, several scholarships and discounts available. We have uh, sibling discounts, military discounts, parishioner discounts. Right. We also have a special discount that the Knights of Columbus are actively working to fund uh, a scholarship. Um, so that that's also available. Uh, and and the the options are there. The options yeah. are there, and and uh, Catholic education is a great investment. Right, that that shouldn't hinder people to 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 send their kids to to this beautiful method of of education that that's endured centuries, and it's it is a proven method. Amen. Um, you know, I I just love uh, the fact that you know to be able to like you know like we discussed earlier to shine light on on this uh, important topic of catholic education uh, i know uh, you know throughout the archdiocese uh, there's going to you know there there's a push uh, there's you know a, a, of course a, a push to to get um, you know registrations up i mean this is a a, a gift uh, that we have available to us um, you know and if if we don't get students enrolled if we don't use this gift of you know the catholic schools that we have uh, available to us um, man i mean 
unfortunately, if we don't make use of these gifts, they, they probably end up going away. I mean, is that a, a fair statement, Father? Yes, yes, yes. It's, 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 it's important to, to support all ministries, yeah. but the, the Ministry of Catholic Education is, is, is near and dear to the Church of the United States. It's, it's endured so long, and it's formed countless uh, businessmen, doctors, lawyers, politicians that, uh, that serve that sense of, of the transcendent. So it's something that, yes, we need to invest in, but also it, it invests in us, right? It's a responsibility as one who, who went through Catholic education to, to share all that it brings to the table, and not just to the Church, but to our country. It brings so much to our country of, of those values, even going back to our founding fathers. All human beings are created equal and endowed with the responsibility to pursue happiness. Those, those are Christian values, right, that come about transferring uh, our, our faith to younger generations. Amen. Well, Father, look, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. And before we break, uh, would you give me and all our listeners tuning in at this time uh, your, your blessing? I would love to, Sean, yes. Through the presence of Almighty God, through the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe, may the all-loving presence of His incarnate Son descend in His, res- his resurrected Spirit to all your listeners in guidance and peace. May He fill their minds with, their holy, with, their, with His holy wisdom and His heart with, their, with His holy peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Father Jorge, uh, for joining us today. And, and we look forward to having you come back on at a later time, hopefully, to uh, you know, keep us updated uh, you know, with, the, you know, with the school uh, and how things are going uh, there out at your parish. And know that uh, you know, anything that you've got going on out there, uh, just reach out to us. We'd be glad to help you get the word out, okay? You have a great day, Father. God bless you. Please keep us in your prayers and know that we will be praying for you for you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you to all your listeners. God bless and have a blessed week. You too, Father. Goodbye now. All right. So, folks, again, uh, if you're tuning in, we just wrapped up a conversation with Father Jorge Campos, pastor at Our Lady of Grace, Our Lady of Sorrows, and St. Peter, Prince of the Apostle Catholic Church. Uh, if you've got more questions regarding, uh, you know, uh, you know, registration out there, please give me a call at 210-579-9844. Uh, again, thank you so much. We will not be on um, this fr- or this coming next Monday uh, because of July 4th. But until the next time, uh, please let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our heart in his vineyard. God bless all of you. This is Auxiliary Bishop Michael Blatt of the Archdiocese of San Antonio. Thank you for listening to KJMA 89.7 FM here in the San Antonio and South Texas area on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please keep the entire church and myself and all the other bishops, priests, deacons, religious and seminarians in your prayers as we strive to live out God's call for us to serve you. Thank you and may God bless you abundantly. From the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? of the the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. 
Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Streaming to the world at grnonline.com and on your FM dial at 89.7, where KJMA, Floresville, San Antonio. All Catholic, all the time. 